Shout out Jesse Jackson, 100th episode of Set Lessing Bruce. This is Chris Jackson, and I always listen to Set Lessing Bruce. Welcome to yet another episode of Set Lusting Bruce during our 100th episode week. Are you tired of me yet? I hope not. So today's episode is a clip show. I want to share some of the um, interviews and thoughts I've had over the past 50 episodes. I hope uh, you enjoy these discussions and um, kind of, if you have an interest after listening to the clips, go back and listen to the original episodes. Um, I'd appreciate it. They're there. It's the internet. Nothing ever goes away, good or bad. Hey, Jesse. Brandon Thompson calling in from Blogging All Night. I just want to congratulate you on 100 episodes for Set Listing Bruce. Keep up the great work, and congratulations. Jay Armstrong is always one of my favorite guests. He is a honors English teacher in for a high school there in Jersey and we've had a lot of great discussions but one of my favorites was our discussion of Thunder Road and the question does Mary get in the car so Mary climb in it's a town full of losers and I'm pulling out of here to win um you know does she get in the car I've had people ask me this I don't know. I, I don't know if she does. I mean, when you're listening to this and you're driving down the road and you've got you've got your music blasting and you got the you know the top down, she gets in the car. You know, you drive Absolutely. away. You drive, she gets in the car. Yes. <laughs> um, but you know, if you hang around life long enough, you know that sometimes they don't get in the car, and sometimes you got to drive away alone. And the way it ends, it's a town full of losers. Um, it's defiant. Sure. It's a town full of people who haven't made choices. And the longer I hang out in adulthood, the more I meet people who are afraid to make choices and are afraid to make, take risks. And the more people are just hanging around and I'm pulling out of here to win. Um, the victory comes in the choice. You know, I don't know if, if she gets in the car and he may drive off alone and you may look at that as saying, well, that's a failure when in fact that's actually a victory because he decided I'm getting out of here to win. Peter from Blogness on the Edge of Town does a great job of collecting Bruce Springsteen news, does great writing about it on his blog. And he's been kind enough to join me a couple of times on the podcast. Here's a clip where we're talking about Bruce's, um, how much, how much energy he puts into show and how the shows have gotten longer and a theory that 
maybe because of all the losses we had in music, um, it's speaking to Bruce a little. Um, but you could tell that the you know the the young blood there energizes him, and, and I think you know sort of the other thing that that can't not um, you know be at least somewhere in his brain is you know we've we've lost a lot of greats just this year. Yes. You know, and and he's done tributes to all of them. Yes. As they've, as they've gone, um, you know, and and it's you know and it's still for me it's still hard to believe we're living in a world without David Bowie and without Prince. Um, and he, and he's still out there, you know, Bruce is still out there, you know, bringing it every night. And I think that, you know, that, who knows? I mean, I don't want to psychoanalyze him from a distance, but could have something to do, you know, with the fact that he's leaving it all up there. Hey, congratulations, Jesse, on the 100th podcast. It has been a journey and a pleasure to be a part of it and to listen to it. And most of all, my friend, you have given us a reason to believe. And we're so glad you're doing great. And we look forward to the next 100. Rock on, my friend. I had Ari join me uh, discussing the Bruce Springsteen from perspective of uh, Ari as a rabbi. And I thought that was a great take. And here is talking a little bit about the length of Bruce's performances. And it's not it's not standing still. No. Uh, you know, just... Just the fact that he, when he throws up his guitars, I always wait for those guitars to come crashing down. I can't believe they don't, you know, fall. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, as a conservative Jew, I'm in the branch of Judaism, a conservative Jew, and we're used to morning services on Saturday that start at 9 and end at 11.30, 11.45. We, we can't even go three and a half hours anymore. That's like <laughs> one of our high holidays. Uh, that's okay. Rosh Hashanah. So it's, I, I don't know how he does it. Again, when you're busy, I do notice when you, when I'm in the moment, time seems to move so quickly and it's not till it's over. He must be in such a moment. I, and he, I haven't heard this, but I did see that he just got a book deal that we're going to be hearing his own words, hopefully. Yes. What's that moment like for him out on the stage? Does time just seem to go? Does he, does he feel it? He obviously feels it from the crowd. Um, yes. Uh, uh, they all do. Yeah. It seems like, I mean, it seems like it must be just the greatest time to yeah. be on stage with them. Um, and what a fantasy if you could, you know, ever get that moment. I, I still, you know, will rewatch Jimmy Fallon, who's a huge fan, sit there on the side just playing whatever percussion instrument just to be on the stage with him and the E Street Band. It looks like so much fun. One of my favorite Springsteen podcasts is Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet where Rob and JB are going through every Bruce Springsteen song in alphabetical order, discussing them. And um, I had Rob, who in his civilian life is a pastor, join me, and we talked about songs that gave us hope. And here's a little clip from that show. Okay, my number two is My City of Ruin. Yes, you know, perfect. Really, and, and parenthetically, almost anything from The Rising. Yes. But My City of Ruins, I, um, I, another one that I saw him do in um in jersey and it was right after clarence had died and so there, there was this whole sort of specter of like loss and and sorrow and he did he, he went on this whole rant about you know about like we're followed around by the ghosts of our past and and so but then you know after that's over he goes into that and then like the end of the song of course is come on rise up like come on man like that's that's too yeah. much that's too good right like oh. how many 
how many people, I mean, that's why Bruce is a, like down deep in his soul. He's a gospel preacher because that song, it's a song about resurrection, dude. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you've ever gone through the demise of a thing and you think like it's never, it's never coming back or the joy or the love or whatever it is, whatever thing that I experienced, I'll never experience that again. That song insists that yes, you will. You will rise up because the whole thing is about renewal and restoration. Stan Goldsmith um, gave me a tour when I was in Jersey last August. His book is an amazing guide to Jersey and the Rocco history. And I am honored that he joined me on the podcast for a couple episodes. And um, around a friend of good, two good friends of mine had a museum in Asbury Park. Uh, they were way ahead of their time in 1986, 87 in the Palace Amusements in Asbury, there was the Asbury Park Rock and Roll Museum, Billy Smith and Stephen Bumble. And it was around that time, this was right after Born in the USA, when Bruce was, well, he's still huge, but he was huge then. And there were a lot of people coming in from out of town, a lot of tourists and stuff. And I sort of realized, like, and even then, like, like wow, there's no one showing them around. Like, yeah, they know the stone ponies down the street here in Asbury Park and other things. But what about Bruce's homes and freehold and things like that? And, and I, I thought, uh, yeah. once again, I got to interrupt you. I think yeah. it was fascinating. You brought up the fact that the Stone Pony is not the Caravan Club of Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I, I mean, you you started the tour off with such a great, you know, kind of hey reminder what yeah. you've the mythology you've heard is not necessarily true. Yeah, because I have that from a lot of people that go, ooh, this is where Bruce started, the Stone Pony. It's like, no, the Pony opened in 74. Bruce already had two albums out then. That the actual place he started at Asbury Park was a place called the Upstage Club, which he writes about in his book uh, quite a bit. And that, that building's still there. It's not open, but that, that's it. And it's like, and pretty much, and he said this when he inducted the E Street Band in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, that was the genesis point of the E Street Band, right, right in this building in Asbury Park on Cookman and Bond. And, um, yeah, that, that's where he started. That's where he started out. So, you know, places like the upstage is, that's like a nondescript building. And unless you knew it, you drive by there and never know that there's tremendous Bruce Springsteen history right on this corner here. Two of my favorite episodes during this last 50 episodes was talking to Jamie, whose son is Adam, who Bruce helped him find his voice and then also with tom whose daughter juniper was born premature and bruce springsteen music helped her survive here are clips from both of those episodes do you think before adam found bruce or bruce's music found him do you think he was happy and do you think now adam is happy because of this music the mum in me wants to say that he was happy prior um, yes. because you, you hate to think that your children aren't. Right. Um, the reality of that is that he used to sit in a corner and not communicate, not be able to communicate. Um, he he didn't have something that interested him. Right. Um, so as much as I want to say to you, yes, he was happy because that's going to make me feel better. Right. He he probably wasn't, um, in fairness of the situation. Um, 
do I think he's happier now? I know he is. Um, and he tells us every day that, you know, and, and he will come home and, and pop on his headphones and listen to some music and he will come out and he's revitalized. Um, and he says to us every day that, you know, every day is the best day ever. And we took him this morning and he had to go and, um, have an eye, eye test, um, just his annual eye test. And we found out that he needs glasses and I was expecting, I'm going to have to talk him through all of, all of the things associated with this and yeah. get him to, where he's comfortable with it. And instead he just gave me a hug. He goes, this is the best day ever. And he says it every day. This is the best day ever. Um, and I, I know he's happier. He's he's engaged with life, and I think that's the difference. We we were on the track, and the doctors who we were seeing at the time were very happy to give us a pill, um, which we've I appreciate is for some people, but we've never gone down that track. I've never really thought that that was what he needed. I knew that what he needed was something that was his that yeah. that made happy um and i knew that we could take a pill um and that 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 would alleviate the problems but it wouldn't deal with the problems deep down right um adam him having something that he could um identify with that was his that was an interest i knew that was the key to him being able to be happy long term and it has been and and we can only put that down to bruce's music obviously we have a very happy home and we're very fortunate um, right. to have a home that's happy um and that we can offer all of our kids positivity and right. opportunity and all of those things so he's he's obviously in a very happy place but the happiness that comes from within it's actually coming from within him, and and that's the important thing because that's what's going to get him through his life. For me, the the scariest moment was walking up to the incubator for the first time, mm-hmm. because I'd seen pictures of twenty three week babies, and they're kind of fright- those pictures are frightening because sure. the babies look almost alien. Right. And I was worried that she was going to look so alien that I would not be able to recognize her as my daughter, and that I wouldn't bond with her. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who is defined by my, you know, by being, being a dad, the idea that I would not be able to bond with my daughter just filled me with dread. So when I was leaving from the delivery room up to the NICU, that was just, that dread was just overwhelming me. And so I walked up to the incubator and it was very terrifying. And then I looked inside and the doctors and nurses were working on her and, <clears throat> um, and, and then I sat down, and one of the nurses said, "You know, you can you can t- you can hold her hand if you want. If you wash, I already washed my hands once. You have to wash them again." And I just reached into this little window in the in the incubator and put my the pinky of my left hand, the tip of it, into her right palm, which was open, and she instantly squeezed on. And in that one moment, Jesse, I just all of my doubts just fell away. All of my my fears about not bonding with her, because you know I saw how unfinished she was. I mean, I, I could see how what a struggle she was going to have to make it. But I also saw all of these possibilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this 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 person she could become. She was. I I just saw how beautiful she was, and I don't mean beautiful like like a Hollywood beautiful. I mean beautiful because she was alive and she was here and 
who knew who she was going to become if she had the chance? Yes. And I, you know, I saw her and her grip was so strong, Jesse. And I, and I remember thinking, why is she so strong when I'm so weak yeah. and so afraid? And, you know, I thought, uh, she's just a work in progress, but so am I. And I just, I fell in love in that, I mean, in an instant. I just totally fell head over heels for this little girl. And uh, that was the last, there was never any doubt, no matter how it had gone, that I was going to be happy to have had a chance to get to know her, even if it was only for a day or a week or a month. I would have preferred that to not give me a chance to, to know this child. And uh, I went back down to the recovery room where Kelly was still recovering from the surgery mm-hmm. and I just kept saying she's beautiful she's just absolutely beautiful Kelly was looking at me thinking this poor man is delusional yeah <laughs> but uh is very emotional and and of course we were, we were terrified that she wasn't going to make it right excuse me I'm sorry um no, you know there were many times when we almost yeah, lost her but sure. I really felt that I just I was going to be grateful to have known her, even even if I was filled with grief, I just I was glad I got to see and hold the hand of this little girl. Allie Scales is one of my favorite people. She's been on the podcast multiple times. Um, she's actually helped me co-host a podcast on the Americans, and here is her and I talking about the fan experience and how. There may be songs that you and I don't want to hear, but that doesn't mean it's not a special moment for another member of the audience. I always say this to you. Yeah. I never need to hear Dancing in the Dark ever again. However, I'm the first one to cheer, sometimes cheer up when I see somebody get that moment. Yeah. I love it. I watched a video the other day from the Munich show um, that I didn't see. There was really no scopes um, of the little girl with the sun, you know, on her head, like the cutout of a sun, Bruce holding her in his arms and her singing Waiting on a Sunny Day in broken English. My daughter, who does never need to hear that song again because I used to make her rehearse it in case she ever got the chance. (laughs) (laughs) And, um... Um, you know, when I saw that for this little girl and her parents, that moment, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's beautiful. It it's, is. And that's what this is about. This is like, you know, when Bruce gets out there and he says, we're going to take you on a ride. We're going to take you on a journey. We're going to bring you from here to there and elsewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he says to you, and this is what we're going to do. Is there anybody out there who's with me? You know, that's what this is about. It is. That's what it's all about. It is. Here is the story of the greatest selfie ever taken. Talk to me. <laughs> and and for those of you who don't know, um, Jessica kind of got lightning in a bottle because <laughs> she was taking a photo and sometimes the stars align, speaking of being in astrophysics, and <laughs> luck happens and you just capture magic. Right? Yeah, I was pretty lucky. So during 10th Avenue Freeze Out, um, Bruce came down into the audience. And he'd done it a couple of times before during the concert. But, you know, I'd I'd sort of been dancing around in my seat and having a good time. But then he came down, you know, during the encore and the lights had had all been put up. And I thought, okay, I'm running forward. So 
I ran forward to sort of near where he was and I, you know, but then I, I'm really short. So I'm five foot two. So when I found myself sort of at the back of this group of people, I suddenly couldn't see Bruce Springsteen anymore. And I thought, oh, this is, you know, I've made a terrible mistake. So I was wearing these enormous red high heeled shoes. So I very, very carefully climbed up onto the seat that was next to me. The person who was supposed to be in that seat, I have no idea where they were. They must have run forward somewhere anyway. So I climbed up onto this seat and I started dancing on the chair and it was incredible because suddenly he was, you know, sort of two meters away from me and singing and he kind of saw me and I was kind of having a crazy time. I was bouncing around Um, and he started sort of singing at me, which was amazing and I nearly died. Um, And yeah, I just suddenly thought, this is happening. This is incredible. Um, you know, I, I need to take a photograph of this. I couldn't see my dad. I didn't know if he could see what was happening. Um, and so, yeah, really, really carefully, I turned around on this chair, like made some kind of stupid face and just snapped a selfie. I didn't even look at my phone screen. I didn't even look at the phone because I turned around again. I kind of kept dancing and kept having this unbelievable moment. Uh, and then, you know, the concert ended and I was also happy and I thought, oh, yeah, I took, I took a couple of photos. So I, you know, I went and I had a look at this, this selfie that I'd taken and realized that um, Bruce Springsteen was pointing directly at me and directly at my camera. And it was this, this crazy, perfect moment. Um, so, you know, I thought, so my, my boyfriend is also really into classic music. And I thought, ha, ah, you know, he was, he was actually in, in Germany at the time, you know, in London. So I thought, ha, ah, he's going to hate this. He's going to be really jealous. Um, this is going to be really funny. So I posted it, you know, to Facebook and to Instagram and all my friends thought it was great and, you know, made some kind of fun comments and, you know, only you and, you know, that's, you know, that you're so lucky and all of that. And I thought that would sort of be the end of it, that I would just have a really good Facebook profile picture for a while. And then, um, and then it got picked up and I, I, you know, I went to bed and, um, so actually it was about 24 hours later I went to, and then I got up in the morning. And apparently some random Dutch guy had posted it to Reddit overnight and it had gone to the very top of Reddit and it had become this huge kind of online viral thing, which sort of gathered its own crazy momentum. And it's been a really, really weird sort of 10 days or so, but really fun. (laughs) It's been great. As you guys have heard in the past, my wife competed in an Ironman race at the end of 2015 and I had Patty, who competed in a similar uh, race in 2016, and here's her talking about training and listening to music. Did you listen music to music is, like when you're running? Um, I'm a huge fan of music when I'm running because when I learned how to run, I did not want to hear myself breathing, you know. You sound exactly like my lovely bride, yes. (laughs) So, which was awesome. And when I trained all my short runs, I definitely used music. But but for Iron Man Day, you cannot use music. And I was like, you know, trying to figure out how I could cheat and try to use music somehow. And (laughs) it's like, you can't, you'll get disqualified. So I started training on all my long runs without music, and I'm glad. I'm really glad. It makes you a little bit of a different runner. Um, But, yeah, normally, definitely, Bruce is in my ear when I'm running. 
do uh, I was going to ask do you have songs that are especially like that are good you know workout songs do you do you end up changing things a lot or do you listen to the same set of songs I'm kind of a creature of habit I actually have an old iPod that um some young people I work with are like, what is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's hysterical. Sure. But um, generally, though, anything fast. When I'm running anything fast tempo, so, you know, for Bruce, it's a lot of live stuff. And, right. uh, you know, the faster, the better for me. And the sure. upbeat, of course, is, is helpful. Yeah. Um, any specific song you can think of? or? Um. Let me see. Well, for Bruce, I've got, um, you know, No Surrender, Darlington yes. County, Working on the Highway, all those. Um, she's the one that's fast. That's good. Mm-hmm. You know, Out in the Street, um, Cadillac Ranch, Ramrod, that's a great one. Yeah. Um, what else? All or Nothing at All is a good one. Uh, what else? Um, Local Heroes, good. That's kind of yeah. fast. Leap sure. of Faith. I love Leap of Faith. Right. I don't think what else I have on there. But yeah, the faster the better. And it's- yeah. Well, that's some clips from the past 50 episodes. I hope you enjoyed this walk down memory lane. I certainly hope you've enjoyed this week of podcasts. Um, we'll be back to our normal one podcast a week schedule uh, starting next week. But for now... I just want to thank everyone for their love and support. Um, This is something that I love doing, and I hope you guys enjoy my little take on Springsteen fandom. Um, Please, as always, reach out to me if you want to be on the show. I want to share your Springsteen story. I would love more feedback. Please go to iTunes to rate and review the podcast. I can take your voicemail at 214-736-3121. I am on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. Uh, the show is at Set Lusting Bruce. And go to our Facebook page, Set Lusting Bruce. Like us there. Um, thank you guys for everything that you do. Now, life of leisure. Let's try again. So let's end with this quote. Now a life of leisure and a pirate's treasure don't make much for tragedy. But it's a sad man, my friend, who's living in his own skin, who can't stand the company. Every fool's got a reason for feeling sorry for himself and turning his heart to stone. Tonight this fool's halfway to heaven and just a mile out of hell, and I feel like I'm coming home. These are better days, baby. They are better days shining through. These are better days, better days with a fandom like you. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you soon.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.